two. I can quote those, but I thought it might be better if we kind of saw it on the screen to kind of know where we're at. Uh, my, my message this morning is simply, look at your neighbor and say, get your mind right. Get your mind right. I could have entitled it, you have, look at someone and say, you have stinking thinking. You have stinking thinking. I, re I remember, and I won't say who it was, but uh, we were out jet skiing, and we went to the uh, gas station to put some air in the tire, and the guy that put the air in the tire hooked it up, walked off, and left it, and it blew up. The tire blew up. And so when he came back, I said, what were you thinking? What were you th Has that ever happened to any of you? I had, a, I had a kid put straight gas in a chainsaw, tore it up, and then I caught somebody huffing gas, and I said, yes, church fan. It was unleaded. I said, what are you, what are you thinking? What, what, wh where did you get this mindset? And when I think about mindset, I think about concrete. You pour it, it's fluid, and then it sets up. And a lot of people have some strongholds in the mind. They have some mindsets that this morning, just for a few minutes, I just want to talk a little bit about getting your mind right. And before, before I go there, let me, let me set this up and say, when God made you, he made you after the order of heaven. And Pastor Connie, I'm sure this has been taught. I'm sure this is, there's a book about it. But this morning in my devotions, I, I meandered upon something that I'm sure everybody knows and I'm sure it's been taught. But I realize today, as God made us body, soul, and spirit, suke, pneuma, and soma, as God made us body, soul, and spirit, we were made after the order of heaven. God is triune. God has a body through Jesus Christ. God has a spirit, the Holy Spirit, and God has a soul because he is who he is. And I thought about how incredible that God would make us body, soul, and spirit with the ability to function in all the areas that we function in. We've mentioned you several times is that there are many people do not realize that there, there is a button somewhere in your heart, somewhere in your life. It's, re, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, what word am I looking for? It's a, it's, a, it's a button that has the ability to germinate a seed that you were born with. It's called the seed of God, and it is the ability to be born again. And God has put that in our heart. God has put that in our spirit. Our, our, our physical man, we can lift weights. We can do karate. I mean, we can exercise, but the physical will never satisfy the spiritual. In the soulish man, we can learn languages. We can learn all kinds of things. But that will never tap into the spiritual because the spiritual is separate. And God has, has that spirit reserved for us to be able to call it to life and begin to be directed by it, the favor of it, the blessing of it, body, soul, and spirit. As I shared that with you, I want to bring attention to Proverbs 23 and 7. And again, this is a place that we visit a lot. The word said, Solomon said, the wisest man that ever lived said, I don't know 100 wives and 700 girlfriends. I don't know how wise he was. But anyway, uh, he said this. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. For as he thinketh in his heart, so is he. Jesus said, for out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Something that I've, some, something that I've learned, these three influences in our life, something that I've learned that if you see it, or hear it, or think it, eventually you're going to speak it. 
most of you are too young to remember. Matter of fact, I don't know that anybody except Hot Rod is older than me uh, would remember. Does anybody remember black and white television? Does, does anybody remember Sheriff John? Sheriff John. Put another candle on my birthday cake. I'm going to pay. No, black and white. It was a kid's program. It was before Mr. What's-His-Name, the Mickey Mouse Club, when all that was going down. And Sheriff John had this train, had this train, this, this train on a track, and every day this train would try to get to the top of the, of the station. And so they would air this train, and the, the attitude of this train would be, I think I can, I think I can. Am I touching, touching some of you guys here? Okay, so, and then when he gets to a certain portion, he changes his attitude, he changes his mindset, and says, I know I can, I know I can, I know I can. I was going to have the guys help me today, but they were here early this morning replacing the ceiling tiles. Doesn't the sanctuary look, look nice? But I wanted the guys to bring me a, a bar and put about 300 pounds on it, and I wanted to bring to your attention that when I started lifting weights, I weighed 119 pounds. I was all coked out. I came straight from drug addiction to the spa. And to be honest with you, the bar that weighs, the bar that weighs 45 pounds, I couldn't curl it. I could not take that bar and curl that bar. That's how, that's how I had damaged my body and destroyed my, 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 my physical being. But through the process of time, look at somebody say, through the process of time, God brought a very special young man into my life, Mike McLennan. He was Mr. Teenage America. He went on to win Mr. California, Mr. Gold. I had the privilege of leading him to the Lord. But what was so crazy, Hot Rod, this is hard, hard to believe, that one day, and Mike was ripped. He was a muscle fitness guy. I mean, he was, he, he, he was a bodybuilder, not a weightlifter, but a bodybuilder. And he was ripped. And one day he came up to me and he said, hey, preacher. That's what they called me. And the, I was always trying to win him to the Lord. He said, hey, preacher. I said, I want you to be my workout partner. I said, what? I said, Mike, I can't even lift the weight your bench press. I can't even. He said, it has nothing to do with that. He said, you're the most consistent person I've ever seen, and I want you to help me stay consistent. How crazy is that? He started to show me tricks. started to show me different ways to, to work. He would isolate. And Rick, he would put his thumbs behind the bar with the curl, not to involve the. He isolated every muscle. And it was fantastic. And I had the privilege of leading him to the Lord, and I've shared with you that Sunday mornings we went to our pastor and said, listen, if you have anybody out of order, we're here to handle it. We would go in 10 minutes late, Rick. We'd meet in the lobby, and we'd wear tight shirts. We'd do about 100 pull. you get all pumped up. And then right in the middle of the song, we'd walk, sit around the front row. Isn't it funny how dumb things, dumb things you do? But something changed in my persona. I went from the attitude of a burnout drug addict to the attitude of I, I might seriously compete. I might seriously pursue that. And I did not. But I remember that we would look at, we would look, I, I can't compete now. I, I mean, I don't want to offend anybody. But, you know, they would set that weight up, 300 pounds. And, and, and Josh, I started out with 100 pounds, 10 times four set. And then the next day we, or the next week, we'd add five pounds. The next week, we would add until there was a 275 barrier. I just couldn't, I couldn't break. I couldn't bench press more than 275 pounds. And Mike came to me and said, listen, if, it, if, if it's in your heart, if it's in your mind, you can do it. You need to see yourself bench pressing that way. Well, I tried it and still felt. So you know what I did? I put 280 on the bench and did it. 
And so I gradually, my mindset gradually, I begin to work towards my goals because there was something visible there that stirred me and, and interested me and excited me. And we look at the three influences in our life. The three greatest influences in our life is what you see, what you hear, and what you think. And what you see and hear eventually you'll think about. And what you think about you will speak or you will pursue or you will become. Pastor Ron kind of got my garden a little bit this morning talking about the brain. The brain weighs about three pounds, about the same weight as your heart. Uh, your brain has 12 billion nerve endings that connect with 10,000 cells that increase your nerve endings. Let me make sure I get this right. 120 trillion cells in your brain that are connecting cells. That, does, does anybody want to tell you what connecting cell is? If I wanted to, I could tell you the address my parents lived when I was a child. If I wanted to, I could tell you the license plate of the 67 Mustang I drove. And the reason I can tell you that is that when I learned those things, there was a nerve ending that actually become fused, that, that date, that phone number, that experience, that, that truth become, has anybody ever seen somebody solder something and how they solder? Okay, that little, that little spot of solder is when you memorize a date or, or who shot, uh, who did, it, it becomes welded to your brain. And a lot of times when we come to the Lord in repentance and we begin to repent, and begin to apologize and acknowledge our failures, there seems to be a, a flow of tears. And what you got to understand, when you begin to repent of a negative act or a negative thought or a negative attitude, in that power of repentance, God melts that bad thought, that wrong thought, that hurtful thought, that painful thought. He melts it and he frees up that, he frees up that brain cell and how he melts it, it turns into tears and it runs down your face and, your, and your, your brain is actually getting rid of all that stuff you stored up that you don't need stored up. Am I preaching to anybody today? And that's why Romans 12 and 1, the guys are going to find that. Romans 12 and 1, beseech you, brother, by the mercies of God, you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to the things of the world, but be you transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that perfect will of God concerning you. Their phrase there, who caught that phrase? The renewing of your mind. There are many in life that their brain is wired wrong. There are many in life that there are strongholds and there are, there are things in their life that are out of order. And a lot of times when people say, I can't do something, I can't do this, I can't do that, with effort, you can. You can actually rewire your brain. Next week, if the Lord allows, I'm going to teach you how to starve your mind. I'm literally going to walk through and teach you how the input, what's coming in, what's going out, how can you it can actually change your thought process. And when I think about that changing that thought process, I think about 1 Corinthians 4 that says that we are to pull down strongholds and bring into captivity every thought that's not of God. When you look at the word captive, bring a captive, Josh, that's the same word for arrest. Like when an officer will arrest somebody breaking the law, you are to take authority of what you're thinking over, and you are to arrest that wrong thought, deal with it, dispel it, and don't go there again. 
And that's what that, those strongholds in your mind. And I, I just, I, just for the fun of it, I wrote down five different strongholds. And uh, Pastor Ron and I thought we were going to out back today. I'm hungry, so I promise you we won't be past noon unless something crazy happens. You never know. Five strongholds, if you're taking notes, if you're not taking notes, most of these are going to be easy for you to remember. The stronghold is in between your ears. It's in your mind. It's your thought process. It's what you think. It's what you feel. It's what you see. And the first stronghold I want to touch base on is a parental, parental, a parental stronghold. Ron and I came from Leave It to Beaver families. Great, great, great parents taught us how to love the Lord, go to church. Our life was all around church. I love the church. I played several instruments on the, on the church band. Uh, Memorized scripture. I, I went to Christian school. I loved all of that. But there are many in my life that didn't have that ability. There are many in my life that come from broken homes, come from divorced homes, come from bankrupt homes, come from abandoned homes. And so a lot of times, if we're not careful, we will allow our parents to plant things in our mind that we think are reality when they're not. If we grew up in a home where mom dad cussed mom and mom went to the cabinet and took drugs if we're not careful that's what we think our marriage is supposed to be that's what we think that we're supposed to do <coughs> when i talk about parental parental strongholds my parents did not have um how do i say this the rolling stone said no more running for the shelter of our mother's little helper the mother's helper is the cabinet in the kitchen that contains the medication uh, my parents were real weird about medication. My mom just had uh, hip surgery and would not ask for ask for pain medicine. She doesn't like the way it makes her feel. Isn't that funny? Half of us love the way it makes us feel, but but mom and dad both. But we were we were never raised on a cabinet. When when something happened to us, dad would pray. And if we didn't get any better, then dad would pray more. And if we didn't get any better, dad would just say, "Go to your room and get over it." I mean, that was kind of that was kind of that. So there really wasn't. I don't, I don't know that I ever took a Tylenol before the age of 20. I hated Alka-Seltzer, and, and there just wasn't, that just was not made available to us. But there are many that have been raised that the solution to your problem is in this cabinet. And what happens at a young age, we learn how to medicate. Because we medicate, it makes us feel better. And because that, that brain has touched into that, that's when you get hurt. You go to a doctor. You have surgery. You get medication. It taps you into that. That, that ambiance, that place, that nostalgia, and we become addicted to it because we saw in our mind mom and dad medicated our whole life. Maybe they drank. Maybe they just drank socially. Maybe there's always a bottle around. Maybe there, maybe there was. But, but a lot of times, and I've shared with this body several times, and you know, you know this truth. When I grew up, I was born quite young. When I... Tony, did you get it? I was born quite. Uh, make sure all the blondes got there and hurt everybody's fun. Um, um, okay, let me go back. Let me go back to mine. Say this with me. Anything you rehearse, anything you exercise, becomes strong. As you do the biceps, bicep gets strong. As you study a foreign language, it gets strong. Well, anything you rehearse, the more you exercise it, the stronger it becomes. And many people do not know how to exercise their brain. I grew up 
obviously in a phenomenal home, great home. And, and I, re I remember all the, all the truths, everything that I learned. But, Mandy, everything I learned was my parents. It was their church. It was their, their, their God. It was their Bible. I didn't, I didn't have a youth pastor. I didn't, I didn't journal. I didn't know about all of that. So, so the, my concept of religion came from my parents. So you got to understand, 100,000 years ago, the Church of God denomination said you couldn't, a girl couldn't wear pants, you couldn't grow long hair, you couldn't pierce your ear, uh, sure couldn't pierce your, pierce your tongue, hello, uh, no tattoos. Uh, it was called the clothesline gospel. And for some reason it got very popular and, and the girls were supposed to wear their, their sleeves down to their wrist and their, and their shirt buttoned up the neck and the hem dragging to the floor. And that was, a, that was a popular mindset. But I grew up in legality. This is, this is, you can't shoot pool, you can't go to a movie, you can't. And, of course, by now I've realized that shooting pool is not going to send you to hell. Going to a movie is not going to send you to hell. But the, 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 the companionship, the things that are attached to that, yeah, it could be, it could be, it could be dangerous. So I never really um, had my own relationship with God until I was divorced. And when I walked through that window of divorce, I cried, I prayed, God came, he taught me, I learned, I'm still learning. I surrounded myself with people that spoke the word, loved the Lord and loved, and loved me. So I didn't have what you guys have. I didn't have Celebrate Recovery. I didn't have, I didn't have Bible study, youth groups, anything like that. So and, and I love my parents. I love the way, the way that I was raised. But I have a tendency sometimes, if I'm not careful, to be a little legal. And I'll look at somebody and say, man, that, that blouse is a little low. Or I'll look at someone and say, you know, that w whatever. And I deal with that. I deal with that stronghold because I've cast it down because I'm not going to be intimidated by the things that cornered me when I was young. Does that help anybody in the house? When you think about that, when you think about that, that muscle, whatever you practice, whatever you memorize, you become better in. And I learned that there were things that I had practiced incorrectly. And, Nicole, I got it wrong every time uh you used to love to whack the golf ball you never knew josh you never knew where it was going to go absolutely you never i just whack it out there just and just lay it out there and so several years ago we had a pro from knoxville went to our church and so after service one day he said he said pastor you talk a lot, a lot about your golf game once i'm a i'm a retired pro once you let me go and uh and give some lessons i said i would love that so he got like 50 balls or 100 balls and I put it on the tee, and I whacked it, and it, sometimes it would fade off, sometimes it would hook, sometimes it just rolled to like 12 foot, which is kind of embarrassing. And he, you know, he left me alone, Rick. He let me hit all the, the entire bucket. Here's what he said. Pastor, you ready for it? You have perfected your mistakes. You do it wrong every time. And wow, what an, what an eye-opener. Maybe I've been going to God wrong all the time. Maybe I've been thinking wrong all the time. So I had to, I had to mentally, you know, when he, he's teaching me, roll your wrist over, point your shoulder towards the ball and all that. Every, everything I did, it was like there were 20 things I had to focus on, and no wonder it's so hard to hit a golf ball. It really, it really, there's a lot that goes to it, a lot of mental stuff. You've got you to tell your mind and stuff like that. And now I'd like to tell you that I'm better today than I was 10 years ago. I'm not, but I dress better. 
So at least I look good on the golf course. So what we practice, what we memorize, the, the second stronghold I want to bring to your attention is the religious stronghold, is the religious stronghold. It may have been a doctrine. It may have been a church. It may have been somehow the way you was raised. Maybe you were raised in a Catholic school. Maybe you were raised in a, in a charismatic high school. But a lot of times the religious things in our life are so out of whack and so out there there are denominations that do not believe in the healing power of the blood of Jesus Christ. There are denominations that do not believe in heaven or hell. There are denominations that believe that G, uh, Satan had, well, I won't, I won't go there, but believe that there was some kind of uh, unholy family in the Trinity concerning Satan and, and, and what he, there's all kinds of crazy, and then there's, then there's the cults, and then there's, a, there's the, and if you, if you were raised in a home that did not believe every single word of the Bible, period. If you was raised in a home that did not believe that, then there might be some things, there might be some strongholds in your life that you're going to have to deal with. And I remember, Josh, when we started taking the chairs down and, and having banquets and having stuff. And matter of fact, I got people got mad when we had the parenting because they were busting ice and they were bending and they were, they were doing all that. But they were, they were religious, I don't want to say fanatics, but they're religious fanatic. How dare us, how dare us eat in the, in the sanctuary we're supposed to be worshiping? Well, it's very easy. You take the chairs out, you bring food in, you eat. And there's, no condemn, there's no condemnation there. But there are those that they don't think you should smoke outside the church building. What's better than smoking inside the church building? Hello. And so it's like, so those religious, those religious beliefs can really mess you up. It really can mess you up. And that's why I like to hang around people that believe the word, walk in the word, speak the word. If I showed you the text I got from Lemuel, you may have got like a 300-word text. He was texting. And, and so I surround myself with that. I'm reading Pastor Billy's book. I'm, I've got some things. I'm, I'm reading John Maxwell. I'm trying to constantly put good things in my mind just in case that in my, relig my, my religiosity, I, I made an error. The third um, stronghold is teachers and education. Pink Floyd believes all in all we're just another brick in the wall, but there are those that believe that we need to be educated. And if you have sat under the tutelage of a humanist or an athe atheist or a socialist, or communist, you probably might have some wrong stuff that you've learned. You may have, you may have, you may have, you may have learned something a long time ago, and you stood by it. You believed it that someone taught you, a teacher, a book, education, and those are things that you've got to focus when you begin to starve your mind. The, the fourth thing that, the third thing, the fourth thing I want to mention <coughs> is personal experience. I have people in my life that have fleeced God. And when God didn't respond to their fleece, they got mad. I have people in my life that things happened to them. They totally believe it's God's fault. They believe they're under a curse. They believe there's something going on. They believe there's some, something happening. But, but a lot of times, and I've, I have learned, a lot of times when we experience something, we step back, look at it, ponder it, see if any value, any worth, then we focus on it. But if there's absolutely no good, if there's absolutely no, no blessing, then we cast down, the Bible says, arrest those thoughts like a cop, get them out of our life, and focus only what things are true, lovely, pure, many praise, many virtue, think on those things. The fifth one, and this is my last one I want to 
I bring to your attention is probably one of the strongest, and it's what I call the Hollywood influence. We're influenced by minions. We're influenced by vampires. We're, we're influenced by television. Uh, we, we see things on television. We want that shirt. We, we, like, we, we, like that, we like that involvement in our life. We like all these things. Um, I'll be very careful how I tell the story because things always have a way of coming back and biting me. Um, Pastor Ron and I had gone to Hawaii. And we were ministering and honeymooning, enjoying the – and uh, we left our – Courtney probably would have been 10. Correct me if I'm wrong. Would have been not 10. And, and uh, I think we left with Mom and Dad. And so Mom and Dad called and said that Courtney had been invited to go see a movie with a friend. And uh, was it okay? And I said, well, what, what movie was it? How old was she? What, what, movie, what, what movie was it? Okay, it was Austin Powers. Okay, to this day, I've never watched Austin Powers. I watched Joe Dirt, but I didn't watch Austin Powers because everything I saw or heard or referred to was way out of order. And I said, no, she cannot go. And people say, well, what that, what's that all about? Let me be very careful not to judge or not to assume anything, but Courtney's friend that was her age today is full-blown lesbian. The younger brother, major drug addict. Was that because they let, no, but there are steps, there's saturation, there's, there's, you let them see this, you let them listen to that, you let them do this. Same thing with our music. Now, I'm probably at the age right now, I'll play anything backwards, it's probably not going to bother me. You play, you play country music backwards, you get your truck back, your wife back, your dog back, your shotgun back, it's amazing. But in my lifetime, I have been influenced by my music. I think about the uh, Crosby, Stills, Nash & Young had a song entitled, If You Can't Be With The One You Love, Love The One You're With. That influences us to be unfaithful in our dating, unfaithful in our marriage. Uh, another one bites the dust. You play it backwards. It says it's fun to smoke marijuana. It's, it's as verbal as I'm talking to you today. Country Western music, very depressing, very frustrating, very, you know, I'm at a bar drowning, drowning my sorrows in a beer because she went off my best friend, whatever that was. And so if you're not careful, and I had to be careful later in life that I did not let the influences of the 70s, and you, you've got to understand that, that uh, Josh, when I went to the roof, there was no plywood on it, and I, I turned the car, I lifted up the tr trunk, and I put Bob Seeger in, then I went up on that. I didn't come down to that roof, have plywood on it. So like for about six hours, Bob Seeger would, so all those, all those, I memorized every one of them. But you know what, Pastor Ron, it makes me feel really good. I can also tell you that I heard an old, old story, how a Savior came from glory, how he gave his life on Calvary to save a wretch like me. And then I cried, dear Jesus, come and heal my broken spirit. And somehow Jesus came and brought to me the victory. 
I can tell you it's amazing grace how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I once was lost, but now I'm found, was blind, but now I see. What will it be when we get over yonder and join that throne upon the glassy sea to join our loved ones and crown Christ forever? This is just what heaven means to me. You see, as a child, I memorized the red hymnal. As a child, I memorized all those songs, all those statements, and today that's the music that motivates me. Today that's the music that points me in the direction I need to be, and thank God for that. Thank God that my brain comprehended that. Um, I have time for this. I don't have time for this. Okay, I'm not, I'm not going to go. I am not going to go there this morning. Hey, next Sunday I can plan party all week. I've got my notes already. What, what do you think about that? In flip in Proverbs 23 and 12, it says to educate your heart, to pursue the, thing, the things of God. If we are in a rut, if we are at a place where we feel like we're at standstill with God, our faith level, our miracle level, our fellowship level, I share this story. There was a guy that told God, God, if you let me win the lottery, I'll give you 10%. A couple days later, he said, God, I'll tell you what, if you let me win the lottery, I'll give you 50%. A couple of days later, he said, God, if you let me win the lottery, I'll give you 90%. God speaks. My son, buy a ticket. Buy a ticket. See, there are things you have to do to change where you are. And if you don't like where you are, decide that's a stronghold. That's something set in concrete that's about to be jackhammered up by the blood of Jesus, by the power of God. And lots of things are new God's going to bring into my life. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to learn it. I'm going to be it. And we'll talk about that next Sunday morning. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this season together. Thank you for those that were here early this morning. Thank you for those that were here late last night. Thank you for those that watch over the ministry, the things of the ministry. Thank you for your...